God led me to change the sermon while I was watching Star Wars with my family the other day. <laughs> we have a Christmas miracle here. You see her in the crutches. She made it all the way from halfway around the world. So proud of her and Hannah and Andrew, me and Leona. But this isn't about a personal matter. This is about a greater matter that we are called to be a part of. I don't know if you know, but in the movie, there's a book that the hero, Ray, is uh, it's a read. Uh, at the University of Charlotte, University of, of East North Carolina in Charlotte, and he saved many lives by what he did. Well, the family was notified and told not to tell anyone, but in the movie, the book that she is reading is the one that he has been made the author of in the canon of the Star Wars, and he is called R-I-L-E-E, -E, How, and he's been made a Jedi Master. So Hannah is dating the cousin of a Jedi master. And that's really cool. Isn't that cool, Hamilton? That's cool, isn't it? Isn't that really cool? But today we're going to look at this because I think it is important for this last Sunday of the year to look at the whole year and see the bigger picture God is calling us to. In the Homeland Security documents of the United States, and you young people are more familiar with this, there's training on what to do with an active shooter. In an active shooter, you're trained to run, you're trained to hide, and you're trained to fight. Isn't that correct? In fact, you can download the little brochure online from Homeland Security, and young people are being taught to run, hide, and fight. And you'll get to that point in a minute in the sermon where we'll look at the last measure of how do we respond. But let's look at the first measure, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first through the third verse. Now, when the world says to run, it says to run away. But in the Christian faith, we're called to run too. The scripture you just heard talked about the angel telling the holy family to run to Egypt. To run to Egypt. So how do we as Christians in this troubled and, and just chaotic world, how do we respond? Well, it says here in Hebrews, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, see, we have fans. We each have fans. We have a cloud. I've always liked that stained glass. It shines a light down on me when I stand there. But today the light is here. Because we're surrounded by fans. My grandparents and my great-grandparents and my parents and my sister. And so many. We're surrounded by those who want us to run the race. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles 
And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. See, God has has marked the race for us. We're, We're not running into chaos or unknown. We're not running into the darkness, not knowing if there's going to be a light on the other side. We are running a race that God has marked clearly for us. Each one of us. God already knows what's going to happen to us. And He knows how He's going to deal with it. How He's going to help us. No matter what that race is. Because we do not know what this race is in life. And how do we do it? The writer of Hebrews says, we fix our eyes on Jesus. So when we run, we run looking at Christ. The pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning and shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. On that day, at the university there in Charlotte, the gunman came in and started opening fire. And Riley only had a few milliseconds to make a choice. And his choice was the run to the shooter. And in the process, the police have said he was a great hero. He saved many lives because others in the class were running out of the class. And he was shot a number of times running towards the shooter. His direction was not away. His direction was to because at that moment, he chose not what he thought he should do because his brain didn't have time to think. He chose what he believed. We each have within us that core belief of faith. Do not worry about these things. God will direct you. Why is it this nation is so troubled by this? That each and every week, each and every month, we face another terror If we can't speak the truth here, where can we speak the truth? We are broken as a nation, as a people, and we think some silly laws are going to fix a problem that's a human problem. But even Jesus, along with his earthly father and mother, had to flee to Egypt, and there they had to run. So we are called to run to Jesus. Young people, whenever you're facing a challenge, you run where God would have you run. You run the race that has been set before you. And it may be in that direction, or it may be in this direction, but it's always towards God when you run with faith. It was, very, it was very emotional for me watching a the movie there because you have to understand that me and Leanna and Hannah and the family, especially me and Leanna, we've watched these Star Wars, well, her whole life. In fact, as a young boy, I, I remember going to the Star Wars movie here in Lillington as a high schooler, 1970, what, 778 was the first one, I believe, those that know 
you know, the history of Star Wars so much. And it was here that I saw it, and I remember how it changed all the media and changed matinees because it became the blockbuster. But you had this simple story of good and evil and of a young man who's finding hope. In fact, that's what's called the next, in fact, the first movie was called The New Hope. And see, the hope is what is promoted there. In this final movie, it was number nine in, in the canon and the one they have, The Rise of the Skywalker, it's about hope. She chooses hope. In fact, she's told early in the movie by her trainer, who is Princess Leia, she says, sometimes blood isn't thicker than water. And as I watch that, you have to understand, my brain's always thinking in theological ways. Do you know what that means, blood thicker than water? You've heard this before. It means that we have to know that your baptism is greater than your birthright. Your baptism is greater than your birthright because it's in your baptism, water, that you truly find your name. In fact, the last scene of the movie, she's asked as she's there on the desert, pan, um, I think the desert planet of Toween, she's asked by this woman who comes by, what is your name? And she says, Ray, and then she says, Skywalker. She has chose her new name. I won't give a spoiler for those that haven't seen the movie of who she really is, which I never guessed. She's claimed her identity. Now you're wondering, has the preacher gone nuts? He's preaching about Star Wars? <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, Trump just started the sixth uh, type of you know, military, officially called Space Force. It's going to be made up of uh, members of the Air Force and Army, the elites that are going to join the Space Force. This isn't a joke. It just got released, just got funded. You young people can grow up and go join the face, uh, Space Force. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I have a hard enough time staying on the ground, let alone anything else than that. And some people saying, well, what, what are you doing? Do you want to speak Latin? Because I'm St. Jerome and I'm an expert at it. Do you want to speak a language of a dying world? Or do you want to have a faith that's real and is going to help you through the life that you are living now in this day and age? What are we going to do when we face the devil? Well, we can run, God says. But we run the race he has set. So how do we go to this next part where we hide in Psalm 119? You are my hiding place and my shield I hope in your word. In fact, they hid in Egypt. God calls us to hide. According to the Homeland Security, to hide means you close what the door to the room, turn off the lights, isn't that right? And you hide in the corner. That's what students are taught. Did you know what they taught me when I went to elementary school? In case of a nuclear weapon, get underneath your desk if there's a flash of light. Isn't that right? Some of you remember that. I remember uh, just the Cold War as a young child and I was thinking to myself, how much is a desk going to save me from a nuclear blast? But I tell you, the reality of a shooter is greater than the reality of a nuclear bomb, though they both are threats to us. And children are taught to hide. In fact, many lives have been given of teachers, of great teachers, who have given their life for their children, barricading the door, keeping the gunmen out. The unspoken. 
Isn't it time we as a people focus on those who give their life instead of those who take life? Why is it as a culture we're fascinated with the Charles Mansons and the killers instead of the Rileys and the heroes? Well, I'm not going to take it anymore, and this church isn't going to take it, and the Christian faith better quit taking it and realize what it means to stand in the faith and to be a people who are chosen. God has given us a place, a sacred place, and this place is a shield We are protected here today in this sanctuary. People better not go messing around with Spring Hill. Because the preacher only carries Bible and that's a great weapon. But I guarantee you there are others who are here to protect. You know they made a corn maze up in the mountains for Riley. So Leona and Hannah went to the mountains and walked a corn maze. They've written a country song about them. Can you believe that? They're talking about making a movie about them. They've already made them a Jedi Master, and I still think that's the coolest thing in the world. Why is it this young man who did a single action in a matter of milliseconds, who gave his life, has now become greater? Because God has made it so. God has given us the story that we can hide our hearts inside of the good instead of expose our hearts to the evil. You know what Jesus said the most in the Gospel of Mark? More than anything else. Fear not. That's what he said. Whenever he met people, fear not. What does this mean, this fear? Well, those that have been through surgery, you know what it is. It's that moment before the surgery that you have to turn it to God and fear not. See, the hiding place is where we are able to find the shield that holds us. I don't know what's going to happen next year to our denomination, our church, but I know in this place we're not going to be set aside for things not of God, but we're going to focus on this being the sanctuary of God. God has made this a place we have hope. And He's given us examples of heroes. He's given us examples of those who are, are, are paying the ultimate price. The law enforcement, the teachers, each and every one. That is fighting the good fight, which leads us to 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. We are called to fight the good fight, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now is the time, Brad. Even looks like a Jedi master, doesn't he? There's a picture of him as a little boy holding a lightsaber. He knew everything about Star Wars. Hannah and Sam used to double date with Riley and his girlfriend. In the early Christian church, we were being persecuted. Herod already started the persecution and tried to kill the Christ child. 
and he killed many children in the process when they escaped and ran to Egypt and they hid. In the early Christian church, terrible emperors and what dictators of Rome killed many, many Christians. And so one of our church fathers named Fox wrote a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And in the book, he tells the story of the faithful who have given their lives for the gospel. So what do we do this day and age when we're facing the chaos? We have to look at the martyrs who fight the good fight. Because I think in that moment, what happened to this young man was a decision he made, was a decision we all must make. What is worth fighting for? You're worth fighting for. You are. Because my God and your God loves us. The fight, the good fight, is what we read in the scriptures. And this is not about taking up a sword. This is about taking up a cross. I'm ready. When the angel said, you go on back, they went and raised Jesus in Nazareth. And they taught him how to do the things he needed to. And the Spirit guided him. And he started the fight to change the world of a Savior who brought salvation on a cross and has brought eternal life through an empty tomb. Christ is teaching us how to fight the good fight. And that's the fight we have to take. Now, some don't want to. Some, even now, are hesitant of what I speak about. They're afraid of what I speak of. And they want to go quietly into the night. They want to close up shop. They want to close up ranks. They want to close up churches. They want to close up what God has called us to do. And I tell you, if there's any time we need to fight, it's right now we need to fight. We need to fight because the gunman has entered the room. The gunman has come into the places. The devil is having a field day with our young people in the opioid epidemic. He's having a field day with the violence and the hatred. He's having a field day in our culture of freedom where freedom is not even known. And people are saying, well, what business is that of yours, preacher? Because I do funerals. And I do weddings. And I do both in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, I've never buried a saint that was a losing cause. Every saint I've had the service for, we have spoke not just of their life and even perhaps of their death, but we have always spoken of the resurrection. See, the good fight knows we have already won the victory. Now, Riley, he's living on in the memory of our culture now. He's become the face of hope to our people. 
But I can tell you for a fact that his grandmother still cries. Isn't that right, Hannah? The family still misses him, especially at Christmas. I tell you for a fact, this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. And we may cry out, Lord, why me? Why me? And our Lord always responds because you have been chosen. As we grow fewer in numbers, we're going to have to be stronger. And we're going to have to set aside our pettiness and our differences and our limited atonement and our limited faith and our little games we play with God in His holy church and get busy doing what God would have us do. And quit making excuses and do what He wants us to do. Like I said, I'm ready to fight. Now, understand, I may run the other way. <laughs> I had a great-great-uncle named James Ward who married Leona's great-great-aunt named Elizabeth Long. Their little house is in Miley, North Carolina. He served in the Civil War. And the word is in the family that instead of fighting at Fort Fisher, he ran and hid in the swamps. My daddy said he was the smartest one in the whole family. I don't know which direction, but I tell you right now, God's got me running. He wants me to run the race that's been set before me, no matter where that race is. And sometimes it's towards the noise, and sometimes it's away. And he wants me to hide. Not hide in a place I think is safe, but hide in his bosom, hide in his hope, hide in his shield, hide in the gospel. But I know he always wants me to fight. That doesn't mean I'm going to protest no matter what our denomination does or whatever they rule or think they rule in their great wisdom. I'm tired of what the devil's doing to the church. He's breaking it apart. He's breaking it asunder. He's divorcing his people. People are losing hope. they got no place to turn. And the preachers are too scared to say anything. But this preacher isn't scared because I met the devil and my God is great. I've seen him. Do his wickedness. I have no fear. I do what this young man did. I fight the good fight. How many do you think in America need to hear what I just said? They haven't heard anywhere else. Who's dared to even say what I'm saying? We all want to make it all contained and nice. Sisters and brothers, this ain't never been nice. This is good, what God is doing. He's making us the warriors to usher in the next age. And this next age is going to be such a wonderful age. We're told in Revelation that all tears will be dried. There will be no more war. And even the things that make war will be made into things of peace. And God is making this reality even now that we are called to fight the good fight. Thank you for opening your hearts to this story. The other sermon was really good that I had planned. But I didn't preach it to be good today. I preached it because we need to hear 
So next week, when something happens, remember these words. But you know on Christmas Day in Nigeria, ISIS lined up 14 Christians and beheaded them? Did you know three years ago, on the sands of a beach, ISIS beheaded 14 Coptic Christians? What you're not being told in the news, because they're all lying about it, we're the most persecuted group on earth. Christians. This isn't Fox News. This isn't definitely MSNBC News. This is the real news. The faith is being persecuted right now at a great level. But no matter what it may try to do, it cannot change the fact that God has already won the battle. I got a little emotional during the movie. I did. I was thinking of this young boy and his ideal ideas of good and evil, choosing right and wrong, and making a conscious decision. I said, Lord, I, I don't know. I'm not him. God doesn't want me to be him. He wants me to be me. He wants me to claim my name. Not the name I was born with. Smith is a great name. He wants me to claim the name he gave me. My Christian name. My Christian name is Jerome. <laughs> the one who translates the word into the language of the people. And that's all I've been trying to do this morning. Speak the word of God in language we all can understand. I'm not going to say may the force be with you because that would be nerdy and weird. And I don't really agree with that theological part. Because we don't need a little force thing to do abracadabra. But I will say, may God be with you. And that's my word, widget. God be with you. Not with you, widgets, one word. May God be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that final song. Mercy.